This is another Astros podcast. 2-0 to Altuve. And Altuve drives this one pretty deep to right center field. Taylor on his horse, slowing down, makes the catch on the warning track, and that is the ball game. The Dodgers score five times in the ninth inning, and they defeat the Houston Astros in game four tonight by a final of 6-2. to two as this World Series is now even at two games apiece. And sure as the Astros will go back to Dodgers Stadium. And the Astros will have Justin Verlander on the mound. Tomorrow it's going to be Keiko, the high in L.A. On Tuesday is supposed to be in the 60s. So maybe Verlander could go a little deeper into the ball game with those cooler temperatures. And welcome back, Robert Ford and Steve Sparks, joined by Astros General Manager Jeff Luno on Astro Launch, presented by Five Hour Energy. And uh, Game Five of the World Series coming up tonight uh, against the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's two to two. You got to feel pretty good about the guys you have going on the mound. Dallas Keuchel in Game Six would be Verlander. I uh, have to feel pretty good about your chances. I think so. If you told me it was a three-game series and we had Dallas Keuchel pitching and then Justin Verlander pitching and, you know, perhaps Lance McCullers or Charlie Morton or Brad Peacock or whoever's available for the third game, I'd say I like my chances this time of year. I mean, I'm glad we're still playing baseball in late October, and this has been a fun series, and I think this series has a chance to go all the way. Hey, Jeff, uh, with all the, the starting pitchers for you guys closing out baseball games, it got me thinking the what you've – You've done in the past in the minor leagues where you have the tandem starters uh, and you could you do the piggyback situation. Are you thinking that, that the game may go in that direction during the course of the season at the big league level? I think it has a chance to, certainly in the postseason, and our situation was set up perfectly for it. But, you know, for years we've been starting a pitcher and then taking him out after five and bringing in another starter and letting him finish the game. So I told Lance after he did it the first time, you've done this. You did this in high, in high A ball. You did this in A ball. So did Brad Peacock. So did a lot of our other guys. So it's kind of fun to, uh, to see that work here. I don't know if it's going to happen over the 162, mm -hmm. but in the playoffs, it does make some sense. How about the way Charlie Morton has stepped up uh, his last two starts? Game seven of the ALCS uh, against the Yankees with, with five scoreless innings. Looked absolutely dominant. And then you look at what he did yesterday. Did give up a run after he came out of the game, but six and, and a third innings of strong baseball. And, I mean, let's be honest. When you first signed Charlie Morton, you may not have been so sure he'd still be pitching uh, this deep into the season, but, but he's been outstanding. He has, and even those first two starts in the playoffs were good starts. He just got really unlucky. This guy's stuff is electric. When you look at him out on the mound, you see the 97 power sinker and curveball and all the things he's able to do he really looks like an ace out there a tall guy physical and he doesn't get rattled very well very often I mean that that clincher in Boston he you know punched a bunch of guys out with runners on base so I, I was more worried about him making it through the season than I yeah. was him being effective when he's out there and I'm so glad he's still healthy and still out there and you know what we may see him in a game seven you know what Charlie said in the press conference yesterday that he didn't expect to get a major league offer let alone a two-year deal that you gave him what did you see I mean, obviously the stuff is good. I, I, I would imagine it's better than you, what you even thought. But what made you give him a two-year deal? Yeah, you know, basically Philadelphia turned down his option, and so he was uh, wondering where he was going to end up. Um, we jumped on it right away the minute he was available to us. We loved the stuff. We knew that the stuff had ticked up, and we also had a good feeling that we could keep him healthy. Jeremiah Randall, our head athletic trainer, worked with him in Pittsburgh and has a good feel for how to keep him healthy, and he's done a ter terrific job. 
Do you think that might almost sometimes be kind of the next step when you look at uh, market inefficiencies, identifying some of these free agents who maybe have had some injury problems but may have some upside and, and you might be able to figure out a way to keep them healthy like Morton? I, I do, but teams have tried that in the past, and, yeah. and we did it with Jesse Crane and some others, and it didn't work out for us. So uh, if you have a, a training staff and a medical staff that's really good, you got a better chance of making that work, and, and ours is among the best. Jeff, when you look at relievers, a lot of people are saying now that it may be best to try to acquire relievers during the season because you know what they look like in the first two months of the year. Do you guys feel the same way? Well, I, you know, relievers are very unpredictable yeah. by their very nature and we had periods of time this year where all of our relievers were dominant whether it was Davinsky or Peacock or Giles Musgrove. or Musgrove yeah. or Feliz all of our guys had long period stretches where they were dominant but you get to the postseason it's been a long season it's intense everything's on the line and all of a sudden you start to see some different performances and a lot more variability so you know we're gonna we're gonna keep trying to build our relief cores as, as much as we can but you know, the fact that we were able to take some starters like Peacock and, and Morton and others and put them in the back end of the game has been huge for us. Robert Ford, Steve Sparks, once again joined by Astros general manager Jeff Luno before game five of the World Series. And, you know, we were, we were talking bullpen earlier. Uh, you know, we, we've seen some guys who have struggled at times during the postseason who have pitched well all year uh, for the Astros. Are there things that you guys think you could do? Because, I mean, let's face it, it's the first time that you've really had an extended run like this uh, in the postseason since you've been general manager. Do you think there are things you can do moving forward that maybe you might mitigate some of the, you know, the, 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 the tiredness and just the, the length of the season that, that might be able to help guys down the stretch? I do. I mean, I think there's some bullpen management in September, although you're, you know, you're just fighting to get in the playoffs. So yeah. we had as much of a lead as anybody. Uh, you got to keep them fresh. You got to keep them out there, but at the same time, keep them, keep them, you know, rested. So it's a fine line. I think AJ's done a good, as good a job as he can, and we're just going to keep looking at it, see if we can do better. Jeff, I have a question regarding how long you're playing this postseason. It's a lot of times after four weeks of rest is when a lot of of the players, the pitchers are picking up a baseball for the first time and starting to get back into baseball activities. Are you starting to look ahead towards spring training? thinking ahead about reducing a lot of playing time, a lot of pitches, and thinking about maybe bringing more players to spring training? It's a good question, and I think we're going to have to sit down and talk about that as soon as the season's over, and hopefully that's not until next Thursday. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we're going to have to be careful because these guys have had career highs, a lot of them career mm -hmm. highs, and certainly number of days uh, out there training. And so we're going to have to make sure that they take the time off, they rest, but then they also get ready for spring training. We don't want to have them come up, come get injured in spring training because they haven't really uh, prepared for it. So it'll, it'll be fun, but I'm glad we're in this position. What about bringing extra players to spring training, you think Yeah, so? we're going to have, we, we got a lot of guys, Brady Rogers coming back from injury, Armenteros yeah. who had a good year. We're going to have Paulino back and healthy. So we're going to have a lot of extra arms in spring training. Uh, we, we're overloaded at the AA, AAA level. We're going to have Whitley. We're going to have you yeah. know, a lot of guys that are going to have a chance to, to pitch in spring training Feliz games. Feliz and Martez. Feliz and Martez. Yeah. All yeah. these guys are going to have a chance to pitch in spring training games. And, you know, I can't wait till we start putting together a team for next year. If I had told you before the season that the Astros were going to get to the World Series and Brad Peacock was going to throw four hitless innings over the first five games of the World Series, retire 12 of the 14 batters that he faces, uh, and, and get a get a save of three and two thirds innings in one of the games that you win. What would, would your reaction have been? Would not have expected that. You know, we were really. We, I've always been confident that Brad Peacock could help this team uh, more, sort of to get us through the regular season, not necessarily as a weapon in the postseason. But that's the beautiful thing about our game. 
you know, the guys that, that don't ex aren't expected to contribute come through in the clutch, and every championship team is, has those types of players, and we certainly have our, our, our fill of those guys. Jeff, sometimes it's, no, it's hard to know the intangibles when you draft a player, but Alex Bregman, when you look at a player who tries to learn Spanish, who digs for information, all those other things, but this, despite or besides being a great player, what, what are you most proud of of that selection? I, you know, he is the consummate human being, a great baseball player. They call him a baseball rat, but he is the fact that he is playing in the middle in, in an infield all with Latin players and he takes to them, learns their language, hangs out with them, has become one of them mm -hmm. is impressive. There's not too many American kids that would do that. And it just speaks to the fact that he wants to be part of this team. He wants to be a leader on this team. And you know, I heard Jose Altuve talking about him earlier today. He's 23 years old, and Jose said, Bregman's a better player than I was when I was 23. Wow. If that's the case, we're, we're up for a good future with go. Alex Bregman. No question. And, you know, you, you talk about uh, the that infield. Yuli Gurriel hitting 321 in the postseason, and he was kind of a wild card coming into the year anyway, since it's going to be first full season in the U.S. coming over from Cuba. And do you, he was a guy who, in Cuba, you know, they play in a lot of international tournaments, sure. a lot of pressure-packed games. Do you guys think that can translate into a postseason scenario? I do. If you look at what Yuli's done this postseason, he's the one player that's been the most consistent from the beginning to the end with the way he approaches his at-bats. And he doesn't get rattled. doesn't matter if it's the ninth inning and we need that hit to go ahead or first inning or second inning. He takes a very consistent approach and... He knows everybody he faces is throwing 99, has wicked sliders, great stuff. He just is out there doing his thing, and I think that's why he's been so successful. Other players that we have and, and other teams have had, you know, they get out of their game plan because the pressure is so intense, but he hasn't done that, and I think that a lot of that has to do with how he was trained and developed over the years in Cuba. Jeff, lastly, uh, I wanted to see if you comment on our longtime director of broadcasting, uh, Jamie Hildreth, who, who we lost in late February this year. And, Jamie was so excited about this season. He felt like this could be the year uh, and passed away right at the beginning of spring training. We all miss him every day. Uh, can you bring a, a story to us to, to make us feel good about this situation? Sure, and I'm glad you brought that up. Jamie, uh, this, this World Series means the world to him, and I know he's looking down on us and smiling and rooting for us tonight and the rest of the series. You know, this is a guy I met when I got to Houston, and I didn't know him very well. I took a ride with him over to Methodist for a luncheon, and I started to talk to him, and I realized how many people he knows in town all the business leaders in town he knows and the thing is they all loved him mm -hmm. and yep. it, you know he was selling them stuff but it wasn't like that they really appreciated his friendship and i got to see a little bit of that firsthand and you know i know he's smiling on us and i know he's been our good luck charm this year and his wife teresa has been coming to the games wearing his tie with his cologne on it so that there you go so that jamie could be a part of this world series astros general manager jeff luno thank you so much for joining us not just today but throughout the season hopefully uh, the last time I see you this season, I'll be giving you a hug. You'll be soaked with champagne, and I'll be congratulating you. Let's plan on it. <laughs> All right. One out away from the World Series. Colors, hands at the belt. Hands over the head of the windup, the 2-0. And Bird skies this one. Shallow center. Correa out. Springer in. Springer calling everyone off. Springer makes the catch. This has been a production the Houston Astros. of the Houston Astros. And there are the 2017 American League champions. Radio Network.